Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. We've been talking this month about suiting up and readying ourselves for the battles we face. We perceive sometimes that those are political or cultural or social, and they are that to an extent. But at its core, those battles that a believer faces in those arenas are largely spiritual. Here's why. Scripture tells us that our, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers of this dark world. Meaning we talked about in week one, out looking at our enemy, and our, our enemy is seeking to devour us. Not just marginalize us or, or quiet us down, but to, to do away with us. And then we looked at, in week two about our advocate, the Holy Spirit, who comes inside at salvation to guide us into all truth and how the Holy Spirit is always working in tandem in concert with the scripture, with the word of God. And last week we looked at our armor, how God gives us those pieces of armor in the scripture to fend off our enemy and to win those battles against him and that our only offensive weapon is the sword, is the scripture, is the word of God. And it's all we need to, to fend him off. Well, how do all those things come together to be lived out and walked out in truth? That all has to do with our will, what we want to happen. We don't will it so until we want it so. And so I want us to see today five things from this idea of our will and how to move and motivate our will to win those battles. Turn to Romans chapter 7. We're going to begin there, look at several passages of Scripture, all of which will be on your screen, but I encourage you to turn those Turn to those pages in, in the copies of Scripture that you have because you may want to make notes in the margin of your Bible to, about a particular verse that speaks to you that the Holy Spirit has said, yes, this is, this is truth for you. Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 20, this is Paul writing about himself. says, I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. If I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. He's talking here about our willingness to defeat our nature. Our willingness to defeat our nature, the nature that pushes us in a direction forward, not wanting to, to, to do the, the biblical thing, the scriptural thing, the godly thing. We have a nature to sin. Each of us are born with a sin nature. It's, it's that Adamic nature that, that the garden introduced to all of us. Why is that the case? Because our bodies are fleshly. Our bodies are carnal. Our bodies are fallen. In fact, I've told you a number of times, mentioned this a number of times, the most dangerous thing that God ever did, knowingly ever did, was give, it, give Adam and Eve in the garden their own free will to choose what they wanted to do. D did that knowingly because he wanted a relationship with man to be desired, not forced and coerced. Uh, we are we're living with, with the fallout of that uh, in, in our day and, and every day and every generation since the garden. 
But we're, we're trying to live a godly life in a sinful place, trying to live a righteous life in a place that is, is destined to fail. This earth is going to be consumed one of these days, the scripture says. And in essence, I'm saying heaven is heaven and no place is. No place is, is like it. This is his domain. Ephesians 2 speaks to that, uh, our enemy's domain. And we're never going to be comfortable here following Jesus. Let me say that again. You're never going to be comfortable here if you're following Jesus. It's not designed for your comfort. It's designed for you to walk away from him and be comfortable, not walk with him and be comfortable because this earth is the enemy's domain. The key to doing that is what he describes in verse 20. It says, not if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me. So the key to understanding that, that, that dichotomy, the difference there, is learning to separate the sin from the sinner. Jesus does that perfectly. God does that perfectly, looking at, looking at us, looking at our sin and forgiving it because he has redeemed, wants to redeem our hearts. We have a struggle with that. We look at a person, we look at their sin, we look at their disobedience, we look at whatever evil they're part of, and they are that. Well, Paul's saying, no, we're, we're not that. Not if, if, we, if we know, know Jesus and are, are trying to walk with him. That we are not the sin that we do. We are the saved saint who is walking in a sinful place and who is going to fall from time to time. Uh, we, are, we are, it's difficult to do, but we need to learn to separate the sin from the sinner, learn to defeat our nature. Secondly, it's about our willingness to change our attitude. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with me, verses 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How do we do that? Well, how do we change our attitude? It, it, we're talking about an attitude change. We change that by taking every thought captive, he says here. So if, if I know that every sin... And every failure begins in my mind, and I can take those thoughts captive in my mind before that sin is lived out, is walked out. I understand that's where the battle is won or lost. It's won or lost in the mind. The mind is a powerful thing. With it, we can, in fact, I talked to a, a, a Vietnam era medic several years ago who <clears throat> served in the field and had a conversation with a, with a young man, was having a conversation with a young man, trying to get help to him. He just had his left leg blown off. And he was having pain, he said, in his left foot. Told the medic, my, my left foot's killing me. We had no left foot to kill him. So his brain was telling him something that wasn't the case as, as related to his pain. Also, there was, we can feel phantom pain oftentimes that our mind says is real, but our body doesn't. The, the, the mind is a powerful thing as it relates, not, not just the pain, but the truth and reality, what is and what isn't, what, what we should believe, what we shouldn't believe, what we should let go, what we shouldn't, the things we should, should digest and insert, the things we should keep out. Uh, if, if we can learn to filter what's coming in and put a governor on what's going out, that's what he's talking about here in, the, in these verses. Uh, take captive those thoughts of what's going out. We can more quickly see our enemy coming and learn to either flight or fight. Learn to, 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 feed, to flee or, or to fight him. Sometimes that's circumstantial. Sometimes that's environment. If we can see an environment coming that's going to, going to tempt us in the wrong direction, we need to flee from that environment. 
Not flee from the fight, necessarily, but flee from that environment. Flee from those circumstances. Flee from that coming temptation. If we can see that ahead of time and take every thought captive, that's how we do that. We can, we can learn to, to, to fight the, the battles that are winnable and flee the ones that are not. Our willingness to defeat our nature. Secondly, our willingness to change our attitude. Thirdly, is our willingness to, to redefine who we are. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Turn there with me and look at, let's look at verses 22 to 24 of Ephesians 4. He says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This redefines who we are, he's talking about here, this new self. The difference between the, the deceitful uh, and, and the and, and deceitful desires that John 8 talks about and righteousness and holiness is found in reshaping our attitude, in reshaping how we think, how we perceive things, how we see the world around us. That's done, he says here in verse 23, in the mind. That attitude shift is done inside of the mind. And, and it, is, it is through our circumstances that we see the need to do that. Uh, and not allow our circumstances to rule the day and let our mind guide us into truth and follow truth. Circumstances don't define us. He defines us and his word does. We talked about that in week one. So this new self, this daily clothing ourselves with this, with this new self is, is daily putting to death that old man, that old endemic nature and putting on the new self. Uh, it's a choice we make every day when we get up. You're going to go in your closet. You're going to decide what, what pants you're going to put on, what shirt or skirt or top you're going to put on. And he, and he said, this new self is just like that. It's a choice every day we have to put on the new man, the new woman, and lay aside that old nature, that old person, that old man, that old woman. Choice we make every day. And, and, and the more wise we make those choices, the easier it is to win the battles that we face. We're suiting up in that way, putting on the new man. Our willingness to defeat our nature, to change our attitude, and to redefine who we are. Fourthly, it's about our willingness to push back against our enemy. Look at James chapter 4 with me, verses 7 and 8. Pushing back against our enemy. 4, 7, and 8 says, Submit yourselves into God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Resist, he says, meaning to stand. We, we, we talked about our armor last week, and armor gives us the capability to stand against the enemy, to stand and fight, to stand and wage war. Uh, no giving in, no running away from that, that kind of battle. So what's the key to resisting here, he says? The key is in the strength that God provides, the, 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 the sustenance that he gives us. It's not in our own independence. It's not in how slick we are. It's not in how stealth we are. It's not in how, how, how well prepared we are necessarily in our own strength, in our own knowledge, but against the strength that God provides. How do we get there? Well, verse 7 tells us you submit yourselves to God. Strength and submission? Exactly. That the, that the more we submit to him, the stronger we become. The stronger our, our, our arsenal becomes and our ability to use it. Verse 8 talks about you move close, he'll move closer. And it's not this sense of of equality, in, in essence, you taking a step toward God and he's taking a step toward you. Think of this in terms of this, this, this word uh, close as it relates to God here in verse 8. means that it's almost tenfold, uh, the original word here in, in the Greek, meaning that as, as we take a step closer, he takes ten towards us. 
and we take another step and he takes 10 more towards us. Meaning, as we move closer to him, he's ex exponentially moving faster in a faster pace closer to us to help us defend, to help us push back against our enemy. Uh, Double-mindedness here that he talks about in these verses leads to this yo-yo approach where many of us live. We win some, we lose some. I don't know what today's going to hold, but I, I, I may win some, I may lose some. Uh, this idea of, of winning and losing and what it, the, the cost that's involved has to do with our double-mindedness. He said, if you, if you do away with, with double-mindedness, seek a singular voice to follow, not yours, not our friends, not the pastors, not Tim's, but the Lord's voice as the Spirit speaks to you, you'll move beyond double-mindedness and you'll see my way and, and learn to follow that. In essence, he's saying, our minds can't be his and ours at the same time. We can't choose to follow our way and his way and win those battles at the same time. Our willingness to defeat our nature, to change our attitude, to redefine who we are, to push back against our enemy. And finally, it's about our willingness to win. Our willingness to win. Look at Revelation chapter 12. This is the best news of the day. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 to 12 says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, that's, that's Satan himself, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. He has, he has ultimately lost and knows it already ahead of time. Uh, <clears throat> consequently, the more we remind him of, that, of those truths, the stronger we become and the weaker he becomes to us. Uh, perception is a powerful thing. Uh, as I talked to you in week one, put up that picture of me in my six-year-old baseball uniform that I'd gotten for my six-year-old birthday. I felt like a baseball player. I'd never been on a diamond before in my life. As I put that uniform on, I felt like I could go out and play with the Braves, that I was that, that kind of capable uh, as a baseball player because I wanted to be that, and I wanted, wanted to experience that. Well, that suiting up gave me that perception that I had about myself. And he's saying here in, in this passage in Revelation, see the truth. Don't follow the perception that your enemy is undefeatable, that he'll win every time because you can win against him every time if we'll see him in his defeated place. Because really when we start to see him as a loser, uh, we can see ourselves as winners. When we start to see that his, his time is limited, uh, this passage explains clearly his limitations. We need to remind him of those limitations every day as we look in the mirror and suit ourselves up at every opportunity to say, you're a liar and you're a loser. Those things we've, we've seen this past month from Scripture about our enemy in week one, you're a liar and you're a loser. If something's coming out of your mouth, it's a lie, and you ultimately know what, what your end is here in Revelation 12. You see it and recognize it. So you lose. You've, in fact, you've already lost. If, you're, if we can learn to, to speak truth to him, and as I said, as we suit up ourselves every morning to head out of our house to work or wherever we're going, we can learn to suit ourselves up with the truths that I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the king, and the enemy is a loser and a liar. And tell him that to his face. I'm a child of the king, and you're a loser and a liar. 
I'm a child of the king, and you're a loser and a liar. I'm going to tell you, he, if we spout the scripture back to him, and that's what these verses say, if we spout the scripture back to him, we can win every battle. Now, that's what I want to close with. We can win every battle against our enemy. Now, you say, Tim, are you saying that sinlessness is, is in our grasp? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that sin no longer, no longer having the power and its grip over you is in your grasp. But we have to suit ourselves with the scripture, with the truth of the things we've looked at over these last four weeks. I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages if you missed a week because um, we won't win a single battle if we live in denial that spiritual warfare is real. We'll lose every one if we're living in denial. But we can win every one if we're living in the truth of the fact that he's a loser, he's a liar, and he, and he knows that truth to be true about himself. Our enemy is real. We looked at that in week one. Our, but our advocate is also just as real, the Holy Spirit in us. That arsenal is just as real. Our armory is just as real as we looked at last week. And what has to be just as real as those, those other three things is our will to win the battle. It's, it's, it's our willingness to, to move beyond what is convenient, what's comfortable, and, and, and wage war with him and win. I shared with you last week or week, week before that I've reached the stage and the age of life where <clears throat> I'm winning more than I'm losing. That doesn't make me a super Christian or any better Christian than you, in fact. It just tells you that knowledge and seeing how the enemy works and the angles that he comes from you is a powerful thing. If you can see how he works in your life and how he tempts you and how he draws you here and dissuades you there and gets your attention drawn off the Lord here and there, if you see him coming in those angles and know how he works, you can anticipate that and prepare yourself for it with the scripture and tell him the truth about who he is. You can win those battles. They're winnable. Uh, as I said, sinless, sinlessness is not. But those, those battles and, 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 and the battle over our will controlling us and sin controlling us, yes, that can be a, a thing of history for you. That can be a thing you, you can leave in the past and can grow beyond. I want to encourage you to do that because <clears throat> so many believers in church after church, place after place, young, young Christians, older Christians, are living defeated lives because they've been defeated so much they think this is how it's supposed to be. And it's not. They've been defeated so much thinking, I can't win anymore. And we can every time. Every time. We've got to know the method. We've got to know what to suit up with. We've got to know what to, what to give him back. We've got to know how to pick up the sword and wield the sword in an effective way and tell him the truth about who he is and whose we are. We can win every battle. That is, that is in our grasp, but we have to, have to will ourselves to, to, to that place. It's not going to happen sitting back and hoping God works it all out for us. We've got to suit ourselves up with the truth of God's word and wage war with an enemy that is seeking to devour us every day. The will to win, the want to win has to be there. I hope it is in you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you reminded us again today from your word that these battles are winnable, but it's all about our will. Many of us, like Paul, we don't do the things we want to do. Sometimes we do the things we don't want to do. But the desire to do good, the desire to live godly lives, the desire to live according to the truth of your word and win the battles the enemy brings our way is in us. You stir that in us by the, by the advocate that you placed in our hearts, the Holy Spirit, to guide us into those places to wage war for us and with us. We don't wage war by ourselves. It's he who wages war for us and in us. So teach us today to pick up the armor, to put it on, to walk in the truth of it every day, to suit ourselves up with it every morning, and to will ourselves into the truth of the fact that 
I can win this battle. I can win the next one and the next one. I may not win every one, but sin no longer has control over me. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Those things will, 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 will cease to have control over me because my will is stronger than the enemies in this moment and in this circumstance and in this situation. And his word will win every time. God needed that truth. Help me to walk in it and walk in victory, leaving this place stronger than when I came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.